Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Genty Show. Broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Genty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. Welcome to the Beyond the Game podcast on Fishbowl Radio. My name is Jamie. It is Tuesday, August the 8th, 2023. And welcome, everyone. How's everyone doing out there? Good? That's good. Sorry for the, all the delays. We're, we're fine now. We're on the air. So let's get, let's get started with my, um, monologue. Oh, the background music. So let's, uh, play the first one. Let's get, um, my monologue going. So this weekend was uh, was a good weekend. You know, I, I I finally went to a concert for the first time this year, individual concert. Because you know, in the past, I used to go to concerts with various artists. Like I've been to going to Jingle Ball for the last two years, and so I said, you know what? I want tickets to the Post Malone concert on the air at Hot Nine Three Three. So I said, you know what, let me go on Saturday, because he was here for two nights. He was here for Saturday and Sunday. Now, everything was good, was fabulous. Buzz Monroe was fabulous. You know, he he's from here. His show was at the venue that I didn't, I really, I heard of the venue, but I, did, I really didn't like it, because it was outside, it was hot, 100 degrees at night. And then, you know, I, I, I guess you just gotta go with the way it is. I didn't know the seconds was a outside pavilion or else I would have prepared accordingly. But then again, you know, it's post Malone, so it is what it is. But he was great this weekend. I went by myself. I had two tickets. So I said, you know what? Let me, let me treat myself out. And I said, okay. And I went. He sang, he sang a bunch of songs. Um, you know, there was a bunch of people there, a lot of people there, to the point where I couldn't even see any. I couldn't even find my own seat. The seat that the radio station gave me, I, I, I decided not to go down there and sit there because there was so much people in that crowd. It was going to take me a while to find my seat. So I said, you know what, let me stand in the back. So I, I sat, I, no, I stood the whole time. I stood in the way back, and there was a bunch of people there, all that stuff. So, yeah, uh, I never been to a venue that had over a thousand, pe- over a hundred thousand people in it. But it's a second pavilion. It was great, all that stuff. But nonetheless, my my other job, which is refereeing, it was okay. Um, I, I just want to tell the world something when. It, it doesn't have to pertain to sports. When it comes to the last few weeks of the season, whether you're doing basketball, football, uh, I'll even say ballerina, or you're doing music for the, for, you know, for example, when it comes to that point, you gotta know that there's gonna be a physical play on the court or off the, or in the music set. Cause everyone's trying to, to make a name for themselves. And that's what happened this weekend, this past weekend. I felt like everyone's making a name for themselves. There was a lot of hard fouling. There was uh, a competitiveness 
to the point where I almost I got called out for my uh, poor refereeing, and I and I said, you know, I can't I can't call everything. Okay, I can only call the hard fouls, which I did. I did. There was a hard foul. There was a lot of pushing, shoving, and all that. And I called them, and they went to the line. They shot their free throws, and all that. Everyone went in there happy. But I just want to tell the world that it's okay. It's okay that there's physical play in sports. <laughs> it, it, it happens all the time, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, you name it. There's always physical play, no matter what the ages are. So I just want to tell the world that, hey, when it gets to that point and, and your kid is saying, and your kid is like going through the motions, just know that somebody else is going to be more better, more physical than you. And you got to embrace that. You're not, you, you, you're going to embrace it at every age you hit, you hit, whether you're nine, 10 or eight, even 18. So that's how, so I just, I just want to let the parents know that it's okay. It's okay. We want our kids. I don't have kids, but I want the kids to know that, Hey, if your kid gets hit anywhere, just know that the officials have your back. All that stuff. And the officials are always going to call everything. In this case, me, I call everything. So, that's a little taste of my weekend. Um, it was good. So, but other than that, let's get to this cowboy stuff. So, the cowboys are playing the Jaguars on Saturday. At four o'clock. Why so early? Why at four o'clock? Well, when I was watching the when I was watching the scrimmage online yesterday, they said because the, the players are still going out going to training camp in California, so they want to make it in time to get back to their homes in California to resume training camp over there. So they'll be here for like a, for two days. Then we watch the game on Saturday. Then, um. Then they'll go back to California and resume training camp. So that's that's a lot, but it'll be my first time going. Okay, as my I, we we spent last season covering the Cowboys game by game by game by game to the point where we covered the off season, we covered the draft, you name it, we covered it on this episode, and. We have done a, a, a decent job doing that. Could be better this year because it's going to be a lot better as I dive into this cowboy stuff and everything. Now, I plan on being the game, being at the game a little bit early because I want to introduce myself to the staff. The staff that runs the cowboys, you know, they say that you might run to Jerry. I don't know about that. I don't, I don't, I don't expect myself to run into Jerry or Mike McCartney. I don't, you know those guys are are busy. I don't expect that at all. But I expect to run to to run into somebody that has access to Jerry or Steven or Will McClay or anybody that's high ranking in the Cowboys organization. Maybe even to Babe Laufenberg or to Brad Sham, who are the radio guys, or even to uh, Brian Broadus. Who, who does a fabulous job covering the Cowboys. 
I want that coverage because I know we're going to talk about every Cowboys game again throughout the whole entire season. So that's my plan this weekend. This is not a regular season game, or else I would have been there a lot, uh, a lot, lot, lot earlier. But this is this is the game where I could probably try to be there like an hour, maybe thirty minutes earlier, so I can meet everyone. I can try to run to them, say, "Hey, you know, I have a podcast. Um, I have this going. You can listen to this on this air, on this day, on this app, everything else." I want them to get to know me. And know that I stand by the team 110%, no matter what these non-Cowboys players, non-Cowboys fans say <laughs> that live in this area and want to support the commanders, for example. So, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so that's my plan for this weekend, this coming weekend. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, but there was, uh, uh, <laughs> but nonetheless, we have some storylines here. So Malik Hooker got his contract yesterday, three years for 20, well, actually last week, three years, 24. So he's making eight mil. He should get all the money he should get. <sighs> yesterday, they really, I told y'all last week that I don't care about the one position on the field. I don't care about kicker. I don't care about that. I don't care who is there at kicker for the for preseason or regular season. I don't care about that because that is the lesser part of the category that I wanted to focus on. I focus on the quarterback, the wide receivers, offensive line, defensive tackle, def, uh, defensive end, linebacker, safeties. I don't care about who they have at kicker. They released Tristan Vescaion yesterday because he struggled in the – in, in the black and white game, that is the scrimmage between between uh, between the Cowboys players, and so I don't know what got into Tristan. Maybe it was just maybe it was maybe it was something, but it caused him to release be released yesterday, and so it's the hardest thing to 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 be on being released by a team that that. That by training can you didn't even t- taste the field. Now the Cowboys do have some kickers in mind. They have Robert Gold out there, Mason Crosby, Jack Moody, and Chad Raylan. Now I got those online. I now Mason Crosby or Robert Gold, I, I'm not sure because they're older kickers and both have won. I think they won championships. I know Mason Crosby has, but. Um, but Robert, I'm not sure about Robert. Robert Gold was the ultimate kicker for the 49ers last season, for the last, what, 10 years? And so, having him, so I don't know why the Cowboys have not gone after a, a fabulous kicker, which is why I don't care. Because I know this is, this is the Cowboys games, and they're gonna play those games. And so, is that to Brandon Aubrey? Can he keep that job? We just gotta see what happens on Saturday and, 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 and see if he can make his kicks and to solidify his spot on this team. If not, then we gotta go after a soccer player. I want a soccer player off the FC Dallas squad or any soccer player in mind that can come in there and kick a football. 
Period. I don't care who that sucker player may be. Just as long as you hit your 40 plus fiddles. If you hit your 40 plus fiddles, okay, fine. I, I get 50 will be fabulous. But if you can get 40, if you get hit from 48, great. I'd rather take you in a heartbeat. But nonetheless, I don't care about the position. But Dak. So Dak's not playing this game. I know he's not playing this game. Neither is Pollard. I was looking for Dak's moment because he, he, to me, when I watched the scrimmage, he, he was decent. It's just going to be like relationship building with his receivers. And we talk about how Dak is, uh, relationships with his receivers has been going well this offseason. I wanted to extend in the regular season. I want to see what he can do. I know he's not going to play. He's going to play like a quarter. Not this game. Maybe in the third preseason game. We'll see. But at the same time, I want to see the relationship building between. I want to see the chemistry that this team has. What that that has with his receivers. The defense is locked in, so we're not going to dive in wholeheartedly on the defense. We know Michael Parsons. I'm going to speak to him. And I'm going to speak about him in about a second. But let me get to Jalen Tolbert. Now, this is his second year. I want him to have a spot on this team. In order to solidify that spot, you got to have a great preseason game this game Saturday. you got to go for at least three, three to four catches. I don't know how many yards... But three to four catches. Be that reliable receiver in, in the, in the preseason so that the Cowboys can trust you long term. That way we can solidify your spot as being the number four receiver. So there's a pre- there's pressure on you. It's good pressure because we want you to perform. Another thing is, is that hey, Running back position is Rico Dalla over Malik Davis. To me, I don't know. At this point, if one of those guys is not producing them in the preseason, if Zeke is out there, hasn't been signed by at least August 28th, I will go after Zeke. I'll bring him back. He knows the offense. If you have to reduce his role as being the second back, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. I, you gotta build trust in me. As far as Rico and Malik and Ronald Jones goes, I know Ronald Jones is gonna miss two games, but I feel like he's gonna be the odd, all, the odd man out. Ron, I'm talking about Ron Jones. Now I could be wrong, but I personally want Zeke on this team. If he's not signed by another team, I want him on this team. And it would be bad for him if he's not signed by other team because I know other teams need running backs out there. You can't go young over the older back. We're not. We're not talking about. Uh, he's still 27 years old. He's still in his prime. He can still give you numbers. It's just, can he develop the consist? Can he develop consistency? Can he, can he be an every down back? 
can he accept the role of being a, a, a third down back? When team goes third and four, you gotta be pass protection. I think Zeke can do that. But it's gotta take sacrifice from him, personally. And that goes for any other team that, that we talk about. That if they want to sign him, let's sign him. So, on the Jags side, uh, they were talking about Trevor Lawrence playing this game. I'm not, I'm not too confident about him playing. I, I, I say give him a series or two, but you don't have anything to prove. You know you, you, you got your spot. You're going to get paid. You, you won the AFC South last year. Last season, which I was rooting for y'all to win at AFC South after Tennessee failed. So I expect y'all to build on this success and be a, a double digit winning team. But then again, it's preseason. So everyone's trying to work out the kinks. Everyone wants to hit each other. Great. I want to see it in person on Saturday, which I am going to do. So, we'll talk about more of what we learn about this Cowboys and Jags stuff next week. But I do want to, I do want to transition to something that I didn't talk about in my, in my other monologue. So this weekend was fight night. Okay. It was between <laughs> baseball and WNBA. Now, WNBA rarely has fights. Okay. I posted this a few hours ago on the WNBA site. I said, hey, if anybody leaves the bench, should they... I didn't ask the question, but I said, I don't agree with players leaving the bench. Now, I'm a team guy. I love teammates having other teammates back. I get it. I love it. But when you leave the bench, you, you're, you're risking... You're, you're risking your self of being suspended according to NBA standards. I don't know about the standards of the WNBA. I don't know. Maybe the WNBA standards should follow the NBA standards as being suspended for one game. You just can't do that. You can't leave the bench when some type of altercation is going on. You got to remember who's on the court. There's love ahead of players. There's officials and there's assistant coaches and the head coach. That level-minded that can help pull players back. Notice I didn't talk about security. Security does not need to be involved when players get get tangled up with other with was the uh, was the opponents. They don't need to be involved. I talked about this. I'm I hate when security gets involved. I hate it. Okay. In this case, when you leave the bench, me personally. You should be fine. You should be fine. Period. In the story. Especially when you're street clothes. When you're street clothes, sit your ass down. The guys, the ladies have it. Whoever's on the court will, will remove that player from the situation. It's not smart when you leave the bench and try to tend to get, granted, I love teammates. I love, I, I love it. But there's rules in place. Okay? Let's keep it there. You never know what will happen. You're risking yourself. 
But in this case, I just, I just don't understand it. But baseball has no rules. Baseball has everybody coming from the bullpen to, uh, I didn't even know this when I, when I watched a video from somebody from the Coast Call Sports YouTube page. I didn't know that umpires can't break up fights. I didn't know that. So like I heard about like a month ago. And I'm like, wow, they can't break up fights. They just allow them to fight and allow, you know, they're going to have somebody who's level-headed to come break up that fight. So there was a fight between Tim Anderson and Jose Ramirez. This is the Guardians, Jose Ramirez and Tim Anderson, the Chicago White Sox. Let's play the clip of Tim Anderson versus Jose Ramirez, and we'll talk about it on the other side. So, with that being said, everyone, like I said, I, I came home from the Post Malone concert, I think it was around midnight that I got home, no, it was actually, well, 12.30 a.m., and I saw this on my tablet, I said, ESPN, Tim Anderson, and Jose Ramirez get into it. I watched the video, I had to watch it like at least 20 times, and I said, Tim Anderson needs to fight better. We have, I love kickboxing in this area. It's like five minutes from here. I've done their classes before. Fabulous class. Tim Anderson needs to go there. You can't miss a guy twice. You can't, well, first of all, you can't post a guy up. He, t- he, he hit your face, yes. But you can't post a guy up. And say, you know what? Let me, let me try to fight this guy. Let me try to, let me try, you, you missed twice. And then Jose Ramirez got you with just one hit. At this point, you defend yourself, like the, what Jose said. And so, Tim needs some, bo- some, some boxing lessons. He got knocked out. Okay? <laughs> Let's be honest here. I just, I, you know, you know, like I said, the suspensions came down yesterday. He got six games. Anderson get Rimmers got three. All the managers, one other player got one game. Okay. Granted, I don't condone fighting of all uh, of all kind, but at the same time, Tim Anderson, you gotta fight better. You gotta know. You can't go knock down line. And now you're going to be the memes of everywhere you go. Probably for the rest of your career. You got to fix yourself, bro. You got to fix it. You can't be knocked down like that. You can't. Your number one thing, Anderson, is that you cannot fight the other team when you're struggling like this. When a team's struggling like this. You just can't do that at all. You... On the other hand, I need to take a step back from baseball and reevaluate your life. Well, not actually, reevaluate your career and say, you know what? Is baseball for me? Is baseball for me? You're not helping the team in any other way with your antics. 
You're not even the best player on on those Chicago White Sox. We had a uh, Jose, well, actually, Jose Zizano two weeks ago, and he was he was fabulous about to, he was furious about his Chicago White Sox. And I'm about to listen to his podcast later on this week, I hope. And I want to hear his takes on the Anderson situation. So baseball did get it right by suspending the players. But then again, it's a different league. You don't have, you have players coming from all about. If the NBA, the WNBA had that, it'll be a mess. It'll be Malice at the Palace Part 3 if we had that. Okay. We don't have fights like that in the in the NBA, barely in the WNBA anymore. That was one of the few. I just don't know what happened this weekend. Maybe it's the games. Maybe it's they're struggling. Uh, a lot of things play a factor, is it? Play a factor. But Tim Anderson, Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez got the best of that. And that was even the best fight this weekend. Uh, outside of Nate Diaz and Jake Paul, that was uh, not a good fight. I was, I was, I, I hated it from the beginning, and I'll never promote. I will never promote YouTube slash nutheads to well dumbasses to fight fight each other like that. I won't promote it because it's not a fight. I will promote real boxers on on this podcast. Real boxers. If I were to promote boxing, boxing or the UFC, I want the realness. I don't want fakeness. The realness was on the baseball field. That was more real than what Jake Paul and Nick Diaz went through. I don't care about that. So, Tim Anderson, from a brother to another brother, fight better, bro. Now let's talk about what everyone wants to talk about. The USA Women's National Team. What a disappointment over the weekend. This is why we can't have we can't have people representing us with less effort. I don't care about what you support. Well, actually, I do care about what you support. I will never disrespect what you support. I love it. I love what you support. When it comes down to playing soccer, y'all failed. You failed me and you failed the whole world. Now you have everybody saying, hey, politics played it, played a part into why you played lackadaisical. Not the case. Okay? Let me give you some storylines. Okay, so Sweden beat us. Five to four penalty kicks. We had 11 shots on goal. All blocked by, I'm gonna, Forgive me, Sweden. I know you guys listen to this podcast. Forgive me. Uh, her name is Zarika Zarika Masovic. 
She stayed at 11 shots. She plays for Chelsea as her international team. She was the woman of the match. You talk about the elite goalie that she is, that it is, she is. Blocked all 11 shots. And then some. And then, No excuses by the Sweden team. They knew what the, what the message was. You know, they took advantage of USA's uh, less aggressiveness. They were not aggressive at all throughout this whole entire series and it showed. So what, so the players that played on this team that are saying it's the beginning. I'm like, no, it's not the beginning because we've been through this for years and years and years back as far as we, we talked about the U.S. women's team. So it's not the beginning. It's headed towards the end. Like what are we talking about here? We're talking about the national, when the women's national team that went out and laid an egg in New Zealand slash Australia in the women's world cup. I can't continue. And this is my first year watching the whole entire women's world cup and I can't believe it. I thought we'll just go out there and handle business. We didn't do any of that. And now y'all, and now y'all saying you're going to open the pathway for young girls to invest in this game. What girl, what young girls did you impress? Did you open, you didn't open any doors by your last few days ago play? You got let me give you something. You got Julie Ertz who played her last game, retirement. She was ready to be, to go to her new life. You got Megan Rubino making jokes after jokes of, of missing a penalty kick. You have become the butt of jokes for a long time. I wanna, let's play that Megan Rubino clip please. It doesn't matter if you dominate. Um, you know, I felt like we controlled the game, but that doesn't win games. And at the end of the day, you got to put the ball in the back of the net. So, um, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> um, it's tough um, because, we, you know, we, we finally played with a lot of joy and we're able to express ourselves. And, you know, so proud of the group for that. I thought we played so well and just controlled the game. And, um, you know, there was so much more in it for us, but... You know, it's, it's never given. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a tough one, and there's just some some dark dark comedy and me missing a <laughs> penalty my last game ever. So, yeah, I mean that's a sick job. I just I can't believe it. I just like I never even I never even hit them over ever when they're saved. So, yeah, I mean that's Make, just how it goes. Okay, so you heard from Manga Rapino. Let me tell you something, guys. Why am I laughing? Why are we laughing when we lo- when you miss a penalty kick by inches? You hit the goalposts. Oh, did, was she, did she hit the goal? Yeah, she did. You hit the goal, or was it? It doesn't matter. You missed. And you're laughing. That tells me you don't care about the game. That tells me you took this game as a joke. So if it didn't matter, why are you on this team? 
you played, y'all played your best in the second half of the Sweden game. Not Portugal, not the Netherlands. Y'all played, y'all waited till the round of 16 to bring out your best in the second half. One half. Not extra time, one half. And you're laughing. You're going going through retirement. Not thinking about, you missed this goal. Everybody had your back. You done a lot of great things off the field. But on it, this is, this is just the, the most porous, disappointing effort I ever seen from you. You have no motivation whatsoever. You don't care about the game. You got players like Alex Morgan, Lauren, Lindsay Horan crying. Julius crying. That they're out early. They don't get used to this. And y'all laugh. You, you're laughing. The only one that's on this team laughing. Everybody else is crying. They sacrificed their, their American club team to come play for the, for the national team. And you're the only month. Let me not. You're the only player on this team laughing over, over losing to the team that you're supposed to beat. The, the, the effort is not, wasn't there. And when Carly Roy said this, let's play what Carly Roy said. Before, this was before, uh, the Sweden game. Let's play, play, play this clip. This is from, I think it's from Portugal. Let's play that clip, please. It started to shift post 2020. I think there's just a lot of off the field things that are happening. And, you know, you never, you never want to take anything for granted. You put on that jersey and you want to give it everything you have for the people that came before you, for the people that are going to come after you. And I'm just not seeing that passion. I'm, I'm just seeing a, a very lackluster, uninspiring, taking it for granted. Um, where winning and training and, and doing all that you can to be the best possible individual player is not happening. So is it about, you know, appearances? Is it about fame? Is it about money? Is it about all the other things that have come to this team for now a number of years and that getting in the way of what has given them ultimately the platform? I just want to make sure I'm clear with what you're saying here. Well, I think, you know, we saw before the game the, the dancing, the, you know, it's, it's, there's a difference between confidence and arrogance, and I think that that's a fine line of where is the direction going with that. Okay, so, and I can answer that, Carly. There's no direction. <laughs> there is no direction whatsoever from this team. We have players that that said we're good. This is after a tie against uh, both the Netherlands and Portugal. We're good. We're fine. We're the best team in the world. Okay, ask uh, ask Japan that. Ask Sweden that. Oh, better yet, ask ask uh, Jamaica that. Ask any of those countries that. Oh yeah, we're fine. We're good. No problem. We got this. Why would you make us wake wake up at 3 a.m. in the morning to watch y'all? This is, this is ridiculous. I couldn't sleep on Sunday. I wasted three hours of my time to watch y'all. 
We wasted our time with y'all. And that's the effort y'all give us. Especially Megan Rapino. Carly Lloyd was right. And by the way, she had to walk back on those comments because most the, the coach and some of the te- players on the team called her out for saying, hey, that was hurtful. That was rude. And I'm like, no. Carly Lloyd has a point. Do you know how many goals Carly Lloyd has scored in her appearances? Do you know how many goals Abby Womack, Mia Hamm have scored? Have cared? What about Brenda Scurry? What about Alex Morgan? All the players that came. Alex Morgan is still on the team. But what about all the players that came before us? That I no longer play. Brandon Chastain. The reason why we don't hear from those players anymore is because of what the direction of where the national team is going. They're not going anywhere. We have a bunch of players that don't care. They rely on minimal success. They don't care at all. Period. You help nobody but yourself. You gave less of of an effort. That you would tell young girls that say, you know what, it's okay to go half ass. It's okay to give up. It's okay to go like 40% in soccer and basketball. Well, now, let me stick on soccer. It's okay. No problem. You're the best team in the world. Do you realize that these countries are coming and they will not stop? They care about their, their versus us. It has nothing to do with politics. Nothing at all. It doesn't even matter what Trump has said. Trump is the, the worst ever. But y'all, y'all made a lot of people upset. Your arrogance is number one. Selfishness. We need players. We need a new team. I have three committed players that are committed to the U.S. team. Three out of what? Twenty? Twenty-five? Alex Morgan, Trinity Robin, Sophia Smith. Three. Let's play for Alex Morgan, please. from start to finish it was just such a stronger performance for you guys but I, I see the emotion and I can't imagine what you're going through how would you describe the way this one ended for you guys um yeah just devastated um feels like a bad dream and I don't know the team put everything out there tonight I feel like we dominated but it doesn't matter then the day we're going home and the highs and lows of the sport of soccer um so yeah it's just doesn't feel great where do you personally go from here your future with the national team (laughs) i don't know i was so focused on the world cup that um i don't know i'm just ready to get back to san diego get back to work um go from there Lastly, the message from Blackco and in that moment in the huddle, what were you guys all saying to each other? <laughs> uh, to be honest, it was really loud. We couldn't, I couldn't hear anything. Um, 
but my own thoughts. Um, I think that everyone just wanted to lean in on each other in the moment. It's a really tough moment. This team um, was a really special team. You know, it's. I just feel like everyone just got along really well. Um, yeah, so it's a tough one to swallow. Thank you. So, um, you heard from Alex Morgan. You see, the the team is not connected. It's not connected because we got people that will go to one. We got players that go with one side. They'll go from Alex Morgan cares about the game. Trinity Romney wants to be better. Even though Gavin Nasa, the G-Man Nation, called her overrated. And I, I do see a little bit of it because uh, you're 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 the, you're the last name of a Hall of Famer. And Sophia Smith, I don't know her. I don't I don't know anything about Sophia Smith. Those three players care about the game. That's why I said this team is not connected, guys. You got to have twenty players all locked into one goal: is to win a championship, to beat Netherlands, to beat Portugal, to beat Sweden. Those three teams. But you didn't need any of that. This team is not connected at all. We need to find players that are connected to each other. Again, keep politics out of it. But at the same time, we have to find players that are connected. That can say, you know what? Chemistry. We can pass the ball here. We can have a new lineup. We can do this. And that. And... To the former USA women's thing that came way before us. I'm talking about the Mia Hand, the Abby Wambach, to the Carly Lloyd. Never watch back on your comments. Okay? There's reasons why Mia Hamm and Abby Wambach are not part uh, of this conversation. That not, that don't invest in this team anymore. Okay? There's reasons why. Now, the reasons why, in my opinion, is because of the direction where this team is going. Like, not giving an effort, not communicating. There's no chemistry, period. Or else they'll be heavily, they'll be senior ambassadors to the progress. Once they don't see that, they're out. They're going to focus on their own life. Carly Lloyd, she, of course, she is a commentator on Fox Soccer, but her own opinions is her own opinion. She, she never walked back on it. So now it makes her look a f- like a fool because she had to walk back on it, but she was right the whole entire time. And players don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear it. They say we're better than Japan. We're better than Sweden. We're better. We're, we're definitely better than Jamaica, which in those cases, those play, those teams are still playing. Especially Sweden. They're still playing by meeting me of a second that goal went in. Which Alyssa Nader did a fabulous job of trying to save it, but eventually went in. There were, you know, like, this career that Alex Morgan being asked that question, very heartbreaking. I guarantee you, I guarantee you she's gonna, once she comes back, she's gonna be more focused than ever than Mega Rapino. Mayor Rapino was focusing on the la- on other things other than playing soccer. Okay, you focus on the other things, then you maybe maybe you don't make the team. Maybe you don't say, hey, you don't wait, you don't 
waste a player's spot on, on a team. When you focus on other things that don't, don't, that don't pertain to soccer, you should just leave the game period. Like, I'm not talking, I'm not trying to disrespect her activism. I think she's done a, done a great job doing that. But when it comes down to not being the starting lineup for three games, and then not having a farewell tour like you, you want to have, and then laughing after the game that you lost, to me, your time is up. I don't laugh when we lose a game like this. I don't laugh at all. That's heartbreaking to me. When I lose a game of basketball, I want to win. I have that heart. I don't go to the party and lack of days ago and all that stuff. When I, when I miss a shot, I don't go to part, I don't go to the strip club and throw money in the air and have somebody dancing on me. I don't do that at all. I go home and wet. I go home and I listen to music. I also go home and try to figure out what I need to do to get my game better. Or I go to my local gym and say, you know what, I get up a hundred or two, two hundred to five hundred shots and work on my defense, work on my skills. You, Megan Rapino, did not do any of that. Or else we would have saw a different result. We're getting him on her because she's the one that said we're better, we're good, we're better. And I mean, there's a lot of other players that said that as well. But at the same time, y'all are too sensitive, man. Y'all can't take honesty. The coach wasn't honest. The coach allowed you to do, to say whatever you want. It doesn't work out like that, guys. The coach should be more responsible. It should be held responsible than the players. You can be out of a job tomorrow, coach. I don't want that personally from you. But when you go out in the first round, that's it. We don't have any other coaches out there that want to coach the American team in soccer and women's soccer when it comes down to that. Heck, we can even have a men's soccer team. That's how much we have, we have came along. International soccer will always be better than Americans. Let's keep it hands down, right? Let's be honest with ourselves, right? Like, I expect nothing from this USA team moving forward. You didn't expire anybody, but the, the players that want to give less than the effort on the, on or off the field when it comes to making a difference. Like I said, you didn't make a difference to young girls like y'all this, y'all, like y'all's message is saying. Like, the WNBA, this is why I love it so much. The WNBA makes a difference in young people's lives than the soccer team does. They do a lot. They play better. That's why I said, I said the competition in the WNBA is a lot better than in soccer. You know why? Players give a damn. Players are very inspiring. They're very motivating and determined to get the progress done. And they get it done. 110% of the time. They care. If it wasn't for poor officiating, then we'll have like the better results 
it'll be a lot, lot better than in, in women's soccer. We have not came a long way, guys. I'd rather watch college soccer than the national team. When you put on that jersey, like Carly Lloyd has said, it mean, has to mean something. It has to lit a fire under you and say, you know what, I'm going to give all my gods. Now, granted, I would have said, if you beat Portugal, one or nothing. If you, let's say if you lose to Sweden, one or nothing. Then I was, I would say, okay, I, fine. It wasn't our year. Sweden and Portugal are the better team. But, I'm getting on on you because of the lack of effort. Has to care. You have to care. But we'll never have a better team. We'll never have a rebuilding. There's always going to be a work in progress with this team. For years to come. And we missed the mark. Now we're, we're further, further back. We're not trying to grow the women's soccer game anymore. I think we're growing, I think we're, we're growing ourselves. I think we're telling people to give up. And me personally, I would never tell anyone to give up. Ever. Ever. Alright guys. Those are my thoughts. This is unfortunate. But shout out to Sweden. I hope they um, make it all the way. Shout out to the goalie. Uh, again. Zarika Marzovic. Shout out to her. And um, we'll just move on from there guys. Unfortunately. But now, coming up next, speaking of transition, let's talk about my part two of NFL players that need to have a breakout for this season. Now, these players, some were hurt, but they're out there to go out there and prove themselves, prove that they're still elite for the NFL season and beyond. So let's talk about those players, and plus we'll give you a quick, we'll give you a tribute to Diane Taurasi's on her 10,000 point in the WNBA. Let's talk about it next. It's Beyond the Game on Fishbowl Radio. Oh, and 
Canada, but I see a lot of teams. This mantle I know how to handle her. Let the candle up, make you put a banner up. Toss a 50 up, make them tie the club up. Took your bitch out the game, I had to sub up. No masterpiece. Ten bad bitches in the after me. One bad bitch look like a masterpiece. Looking for a dunk like an athlete. Big drip, what you call it? Ice chain, pure water. You got the cab, but can't afford her. You got the bad, but can't afford it. Pick the name easy, make her open up and eat it. Stars in the ceiling, in my seat, they tip a beauty. I see them niggas watching and they plotting, trying to sneak me. I can't hear the thought, can't trust the thought, they telling secrets. Big back, take, look back, little nigga. Catch them down, bad, that nigga cry a whole river. Now I'm on my back, I'm taking care of the whole village. Somebody got shot, what you talking about, Willis? In the lobby with a brick of wicked Bobby with your bitch. I go Lawrence with the fit, in the robbery with no tent. I'm from the trench, I got the dirty money rent. You were popping, so I popped them, pray to God repent. No masterpiece. Ten bad bitches in the after me. One bad bitch look like a masterpiece. Looking for a dunk like an athlete. Big drip, what you call it? Ice chain, peeled water. You got the cab, but can't afford them. You got the bad, but can't afford them. Take off. 
No limit to the money. money. No. I picked the gang up, took a flight across the country. Across the country. I took the wages, told to keep the ones coming. Hit the store to get some backwoods and left the right running. Fuck. Looking like they blind, but we already on it. In the left with Celine, like that bad that she wanted. A lot of teams ass busting at like them jeans, make you want it. Make you want to spend a 50 and hit the scene with a donut. Whole team full of queens, gotta keep their eyes on them. Queen. Snake in the sky, probably wanna slide on them. Bet they ride on them when I put their prize on them. Ten bad bitches, okay, though, got five of them. No masterpiece. Hey. Ten bad bitches and they after me. Hey. One bad bitch look like a masterpiece. Oh. Looking for a dump like an athlete. Oh. Big drip, what you call it? Big drip. Ice chain, peeled water. Ice, ice, ice. You got the cab, but can't afford them. Yes. You got the bad, but can't afford them. Two step. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Two step. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Two step. All right, welcome back to the Beyond the Game podcast on Facebook Radio and among other streams as well. So I want to give a shout out to Toby Brooks. Now, Toby Brooks, uh, I can't remember what he did, but I'm sorry. But he uh, texted me, he emailed me last night, actually. It messaged me last night. And he was supposed to be on the show today. Because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that he was. I, I honestly did not know that he scheduled for today. Like I said, it was really late last night. It was like around eleven fifty-five that he said I'm going to be on at one thirty today. I had to tell him in a message. I said I already had something planned. I already did my breakout list, and so I told him. I said, Hey, you know, I'm sorry. But I already did my breakout list. I already did. I already had something planned for the eighth. I don't have. I have a guest today. I don't have a guest today. And so he was very understanding. He said, uh, "I think he told me he can't. He couldn't." I told him, "Okay, let's do it next week." He said, "I can't do it next week because I think there's the schools are are back on." Which, by the way, I think the schools are back on later this week and next week. So um, I told him, "Hey." You can schedule it further out because I'll be available by the end of August and further on. So if he comes on this show, that'd be great. And I'll let, I'll let everyone know when he comes on. And, and there, there's a potential other guests as well that, that will come on back as well. But nonetheless, guys, I just want to share that with y'all since I sent that, since I saw that message last night. But anyways, let's get to my breakout list. Now, I did my first part last week. I'm going to post that first part. I think I'm going to, I'm going to either do it next week or the following week. But I will post it, but it will be on there. Just got to give me time to listen back to it, see what I messed up on and how to improve. Let's start with number one. Let's start with Jalen Ramsey. Now, Ramsey in 2022, he was on the Rams. He has 64 tackles, three force fumbles, four interceptions, two sacks. Now he has a knee injury. He expected to miss part of the season. I think Mike McDaniel said he's coming back by November-ish, but he's trying to work his way back early, earlier than November. So, but when players deal with injuries, I want them to come back stronger, and I think he has that. He has a chance to come back stronger than ever and be the best corner in the league. 
which he's one of the few. But he he is the best tackle on the team. That's what Miami's going to miss. He covers well. He's but he's the best talker of all time. He backs it up his talk, and so Miami's going to miss him in the secondary. Number two, Tyreek Hill. Speaking of his teammate, Tyreek Hill. 119 receptions for 1,710 yards and seven touchdowns. This is the same guy that said Tua's, that Tua's a better quarterback than Pat Mahomes. Crazy, huh? Crazy how your wide receiver says that after you won a championship was the best quarterback in the league to now you get to a quarterback that is semi-healthy. And, hey, your numbers prove for themselves. You can, best route run in the league. You're the cheetah for a reason. This is year two or two. What can we expect? Can we expect more from you? You you got 1,700 yards. Is it going to be quarterback by committee again? Like I said, uh, this is a breakout year for him. Bring out year for you as well, Tyreek. Um, I do want to forget about the off the field stuff, but and the retirement stuff, because we know that you're not gonna retire like this. You know that for sure. When he made those comments last year about retirement, I was like, that's crazy. Cause you're not gonna make those talk. You're not gonna make those demands. You're not gonna do that. You're gonna retire when, when play, when, when you, you can't give it your all anymore. I just don't want, I know the NFL's limit is like five to ten years, but at the same time, you're not going, uh, when players show commitment like that, I don't believe you're going to retire with money left on the contract or years left on the contract for that example. So with Tyreek, he still has years and money left on the contract. I just don't think you're going to give it up right away. Now, granted, it's your own decision if you want to retire after this year or the year after that or whatever that may be. Yes, you have every right to do that. But as committed as the best playmaker you are, I just don't see that anytime soon. And I don't want to hear any of that because it's not realistic for me. Number three, Tua Tigagaloa. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He had 3,548 yards, 25 touchdowns, and eight interceptions in 13 games he played. He only played 13 games, guys. Suffered two concussions last year to the point where his fingers were looking awkward on the field. To me personally, he should have never been back on the field. To me. And if he was to retire today, then who would have blamed him? You know, who would have blamed him? I wouldn't. I just think that retirement is not in the cards for him. And so, I just don't see it. I just don't see Tua breaking out as a player as he should be. Now, granted, I want to be wrong, but He's done some things in the offseason to prevent him from getting another concussion. If you get another one, I'm gonna say that's it. Don't don't risk don't risk any hit again. 
or else you never know what the outcome may be. I just don't want you to go into retirement thinking that, thinking that, oh, I'm going to have a headache every day or better yet, I'm going to like, well, actually not better yet, but I don't, I don't want to have those dark times for you. It's always good to say, you know what? If you get hit in, in the head numerous times, which football is a physical sport, four concussions, then I would have hung it up right away. I would have said, you know what? This game is not for me. I just, I'm done with it. But Tua, I wish you nothing but the best this season. Number four, Odell Beckham. Now, Odell didn't play last season. He was entertaining the Cowboys offer. The Cowboys brought him to, to open the red car, carpet for him. Didn't even practice with the team. He just went through the motions, attended Mavericks game, and, and at the end of the result, he just wanted to get healthier. Okay? Say that. Then we don't have to invite you out for a visit. To open the, so that you can sign with us. When we were, we were looking for a wide receiver last year, you made it about you, and you didn't make it about the team that you wanted to sign with. The other, other players, like Michael Parsons, were calling for you. Even, I think Dak Prescott at some point did call for you. When you have your quarterback, Dak Prescott, and your linebacker, Michael Parsons, is calling for you. It makes the whole wide receiver room upset. That's why CD Lamb didn't say anything. Michael Gallup didn't say anything. Because they felt like you were over, oh, you were underwhelming their talent. That's from Dak. That's what Dak was saying. Well, that's what the receiver room was saying in their minds. They would never come out and say, we want another wide receiver. They would never say that. Because it's common sense that they got to go out there and perform. Play better. Shut up the noise. And make sure that our quarterback trusts us. Which I think Dak does trust y'all. But in Odell's case, Odell was in lead when he, when he was with the Giants and the Rams and the Browns. He started, but the injuries caught up to him. I think he tore his ACL in the Super Bowl with the Rams. But he didn't play in, in last season. But now he has a chance to regain it. And I heard of a story. I was trying to find the story of him being his last year in the NFL. Again, he, these players will never announce it. At this point, you will never know if, it, if it's their last year for any player. You can't expect the player to have long-term success. I think there's only going to be a few that are committed to long-term success. In that case, it's Tom Brady. In that case, it's Vaughn Miller. In that case, is Mercedes Lewis, who's in his 18th year in the NFL. And so, with Odell, uh, I don't know what success this year looks like for him. I do think that bouncing back from all the injuries that he suffered of being that name that we we we're we accustomed to in the offseason in, in previous years 
I do want him to regain that back. It was a solid season. Like I said, I don't know what that solid season may be. He can have like over 50 catches for a thousand yards. In my eyes. But then again, you have a quarterback in Lamar Jackson who wants to run a lot. And doesn't really throw the ball as much. Maybe he throws it to the tight end Mark Andrews a lot. But then again, now you have a weapon, Odell, who can solidify that. So I do wish Odell back him well. I do hope that he works it out. Number five, Sam Howell. <laughs> this is the rookie quarterback that got drafted last year from Washington. He played one game. That was against the Cowboys. That was the last game of the year. They didn't play for anything. He went 11 for 19 for 169 yards, a touchdown, and interception. Now, he's in a competition with Jacoby Brissett and Jake Fromm. He can throw, run, and he can manage the game a little bit. But do I think he's ready for year two? No. Here's why I say this. You have Jacoby Brissett going from team to team to team to be everybody's backup. Everybody's backup. To the point where he's never started for one game. Not, not, not he's never, well, I can't say he's never started. He started the season with Cleveland. When Deshaun Watson came back, Jacoby Brissett saw the writing wall, I need to go to another team. Jacoby Brissett needs to own his team. It's not his fault. He's a solidified, solid backup. And that's what he will ever be. When these teams are going young at quarterback, they expect them to say, you know what, we're going to go young at quarterback for maybe a two to three years. And if that quarterback's not performing, we'll go with another quarterback that will. In this case, it could be Sam Howell. Could be. Now Sam Howell has weapons. Now can he live the, can he get Washington to a division title? I'm gonna say no. Honestly. I'm gonna say no. Playoff appearances? No. Only because Washington has that level of inconsistency throughout the season. They start off poorly, and then when it comes down to the, to the end, they start to pick it up a little bit. Now, in order for you to start off well, you got to have a solidified, a solid quarterback. You start a Carson Wentz over Taylor Heineke. Now, you start Sam Howell over Joe, uh, Joe over Jacoby Brissett. Joe, Jacoby Brissett has the most experience on this team. He should be starting right now over Sam Howell. Sam Howell's going to get his start when Jacoby Brissett's injured. Or better yet, if he's playing inconsistently, then Sam Howell will come in again and start and regain his team back, whatever that category may be. But why not start him now before it's too late? You got Eric Benenemy, the Super Bowl winning coach. Well, actually, well, I say coach because he hasn't, he hasn't had any opportunities in the NFL. But, He's coached Pat Mahomes to championships. And I recently saw a report that his practices are intense. 
Okay, you got to have that intensity to win a championship. That's how Pat Mahomes has two. Without his intensity, Pat Mahomes does not win two championships. At all. He does not have that at all. So, Eric Benenemy has not had an NFL head coaching job. They have passed him over and over and over and over and over and over again. To the point where at some point he's going to say, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to live my job the way it is. Do my job the way it is. These NFL teams know nothing about coaching. I'm just going to live the way it is. And as he should. But you have an offensive coordinator that can mentor young quarterbacks like the Sam Howell. That can give him over the edge. Now, I say start him right away. So that Washington can have that success. I'm not rooting for Washington because they're in our division. But I do think that they need a whole rebuild. This is going to be a rebuild season for Washington. And I say that <laughs> I say that as <laughs> I don't know what the word I'm going to say. I say that as a Cowboys stamp, as a Cowboys statement. I do think they'll be better than the Giants. I'll say that for sure. But better than Dallas? Probably not. But number six, Saquon Barker. Speaking of the Giants, 295 carries for a, a, a 1,312 yards and 10 touchdowns. He's one of the running backs that wanted to get paid. A high in pain running back. Okay. Saquon has done absolutely, has done nothing to be available. Okay. If you're available, you're going to get paid. You produce consistent numbers. Now, granted, you have been hurt, but if you produce numbers like this, you had over a thousand yards last year. You shouldn't be complaining. You had one solid season of being that great quarterback. One, which is last season. Not quarterback, but running back. Sorry. You have to go out there and do that again. Then I will say, hey, pay him. Pay him, however that looks like. Pay him. Because you're working on a year, $11 million contract. You should be grateful. You should be grateful that the team is giving you another chance at running back. Because there's no other running backs out there that's going to take over your spot. You solidify that spot. You're the best running back in the division. Not the whole league, in the division. You're not better than, well, I don't know. I don't know if you're better than Tony Pollard, though. I don't know. I, 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 I want to see what Tony Parler can do as being the main running back for the Cowboys. Saquon can get the Giants over the hump again. Get him in the postseason again. I'm not worried about the quarterback. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has been inconsistent since day one. Yeah, he has spurts of good moments, but he's been inconsistent since day one. I expect Saquon to run, run through, run through that and get his thousand yards again. But his health has to be number one. You got to take care of that. Be that running back. 
Number seven, Trayvon Walker, outside running back. That's an outside linebacker. Speaking of the Jags, 49 tackles for three and a half sacks and an interception. Number one pick in the last year's draft. He needs to dominate the AFC. He needs to dominate the, I thought he, I thought he would dominate the AFC like Michael Parsons dominates the NFC. Of all the NFC. He needs to dominate that because he has speed and quickness to the ball. He can line up at any position on the field. Now in this preseason game, in practices, during the, during the season, during the weeks ahead, I want to see that potential from him. Because I do think he has great upside. If you're the number one pick, all the pressure's on you in year two. In this case, this is the pressure in year two for you. You were the number one pick last year. You have to solidify as being, as make sure that the Jaguars didn't make a mistake on you as being inconsistent. Now I'm pretty sure the Jags are fuming out there because the Jags want to see the potential on the, on the outside. The defense wasn't great last year, but can they make it up with a decent pass rusher in Trayvon Walker? Absolutely they can. But it remains to be seen. That's why he's number seven on my breakout list. Number eight, Micah Hyde, the safety from the Buffalo Bills. He only played the two games. He had seven tackles. He was on injury reserve due to a neck injury that he suffered in week two. Okay. Um, he has a successful career. Pairing up with Jordan Pryor, they they make the best safety t- Tatum in the league, hands down. Um, this is a big year for him. Big year. Thirty two years old. Got to make plays. Got to make plays. Whether it's coming from safety blitz or having safety help, can he have that bounce back year that Buffalo's used to be saying? Because I always think the Buffalo's defense as their safe as the main safety for their def- the defense for the, the main line of defense. I don't trust the front seven. I always want to go to the secondary. I think Buffalo has the best secondary in that division. I can't name. I can name on one other person, Sauce Garner of the Jets. But when it comes down to Maga Hyde and Jordan Pryor, they're the best best safety Tatum in that division. Now Maga Hyde has to make a difference. He's got to play at least sixty percent of the of the snaps to get to where to get to what Buffalo is trying to achieve, which is a championship. It starts with the defense. Josh Allen has done enough to solidify his spot, but I do think Josh Allen could do a little, little bit more. But it comes down to the defense and the back end of it. But I don't want to forget DeMar Hamlin. DeMar Hamlin is part of this too. I do fear that I do fear his health. I do want to see him back on the field. However, I do fear of what 
he could become. But I do wish him well. I do wish Micah Hyde well. I also do wish DeMar Hamlin well throughout the regular season. And good luck to both of them. Good luck to the Buffalo secondary. Number nine, this is a two, this is a two for one special. David Montgomery and Jamar, Jemiah Gibbs. They're both Detroit running backs. Now, Jemiah Gibbs was the 12th pick at Alabama. He had over a thousand yards. Well, I should know. He had 926 yards, 151 carries, and seven touches at Alabama. He has a little chip on his shoulder as being the second best running back that Detroit has ever had. The first running back is David Montgomery, who had 201 carries with 800 yards, 801 yards and five touchdowns with the Bears. Don't know why the Bears went, uh, let, let him hang in. Don't know why, but it's pretty, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous why David Montgomery went ahead and signed with the Bears, even though Detroit, well, actually signed with the Lions, even though Detroit, even though the Bears are wizarding your division. Maybe it's for revenge. Maybe the Bears didn't see enough of David Montgomery to get him to sign back with him. David Montgomery definitely has the upside. But Detroit, in order for them to be, to have success, the main thing is the running back. I can't trust the quarterback. I'd rather trust what they signed last season, Teddy Bridgewater, than Jared Goff. Jared Goff, like the quarterback is going to get you where you need to go. Which is nine and eight. But if I'm Teddy Bridgewater, or in this case, Dan Campbell, I would have gone with Teddy Bridgewater and then have the two running backs, David Montgomery and Jamar Gibbs, start in the starting lineup. Preferably David Montgomery. And then when he needs a rest, then Gibbs can come in and solidify that rest that Montgomery can get. Now, I think I do think Montgomery will get a thousand yards with his new team. Because Detroit's on a mission to win at the division. But Jamar Gibbs, I do expect him to perform well in the preseason. And let's see if he has a spot in the depth chart. Number 10, my last and final player, Alvin Kamara. He had 223 carries for 817 yards, two touchdowns in 15 games. He has a lot of potential this season. Being the back, now you don't have to switch places with Mark Ingram or any running back that they'll sign. You have, they, well, I think they signed Kareem Hunt. I think they did. But he'll, he'll, he'll be like the backup. But now, this is your team, Alvin. You have to provide some growth. You gotta provide leadership in that locker room, on the field. It's time, it's not the time for you to act a full off it. What happened in that nightclub? It's gonna be, it, it will be way behind you. Miss these three games, come back, lead the team. Lead the team to the divisional, divisional title. Make sure that everybody knows your name. I have a friend. I haven't texted my friend in a long time that I used to work with. Actually, I can't even remember his name, honestly. 
when I pull up his number, I can remember his name. But he was all Saints fan, all the Saints Saints, all Drew Brees fans, all that stuff. Used to work with guy, great guy. And I'm pretty sure when I tell, when I, I guess I can reach out to him again when I find his number and tell him that Alvin Kamara needs to break out this year. That he has the potential to do that. Cause now this is his team. This is his team and nobody's going to take from it. Don't know about their quarterback in David Carr. I have no trust in David Carr. Not David Carr. Derek Carr. I never had trust in him from the beginning. I never had trust in David Carr as a quarterback. His brother, his older brother. Never had trust in him when he played for the Houston Texans back in the day. I don't trust Derek Carr now. Derek Carr will have numbers in the regular season. In the postseason, it remains to be seen. He says the right things. He cares about the game. But at the same time, you have to, you have to produce. You have to take the risk down the field. I'd rather see Alvin Kamara dominate the ball 85% of the time because I feel like he'll give me plays than Derek Carr. But nonetheless, I don't run their office. I don't know the office of coordinator techniques. I don't know that part. What I do know is that Alvin Kamara has a chip on his shoulder to become that great back that everyone's used to be used to, to see. But guys, that is my list. Now I'll post this list on the group page so that everyone can see my list, whether you disagree or agree. So with that being said, I want to give a shout out to Diane Tarasi. Diane Tarasi had her, well before I give a shout out to, well no, actually I can do that um, at the end of the, uh, of the show. But Diane Tarasi, I've been watching her since 2004 when she was the first overall pick of the Phoenix Mercury. She has dominated the league for a long time. She got her 10,000 point on Thursday, August the 2nd. And it was dominated by controversies from, it wasn't, no, it was August the 3rd, I'm sorry, August the 3rd against the Dream. She had 42 points. Let's play a three minute clip from Diane Tarasi, please. On the sidelines, certainly is going to try and keep Tarasi from getting those 18 points. Tarasi for three. Oh, what a pass. Tarasi. That's good. Graves shoots such a pretty shot. You think it's going in. Tarasi gets the roll. Pumps her fist. She is now 11 points shy of 10,000 career. Nikki Blue calling out the play from the sideline. She is 4-2 and two here at home. As interim head coach, Tarasi gets the ball. She's nine points away from 10,000 career. Getting low. Cunningham doesn't recognize. Tarasi does. Step back three. That is Lux at the buzzer. The X Factor sensing on this possession that Diana Tarasi may etch her name in the history books. Tarasi, three, Diana's done it, she is one of one, Tarasi is now 
dancing. Shakes the defender. And rattles it home. She's got 20. Now it's just a five-point advantage for Phoenix with two minutes to go here in the third quarter. And one of the things that this Mercury team is trying to find when you have Karazi, it certainly helps. Let go of in phases in earlier games this season, Annie. They're rebounding, they're boxing out, they're setting good screens, all of it. And Karazi's got 29. Tarasi blocked by Howard, gets the ball back, nobody comes to defend. She says, thanks, I've got 31. Big quit on the play. Jones face guarding Diana. Shot clock very low. Tarasi, three, is good! Her first 40-point game since July of 2010. Okay, so, anyways, that is a tribute to Diana Tarasi. I've been watching her for a long time, and, um... Congratulations to her on her 10,000 points the other day. Now, let me say this about the controversies that the Phoenix Mercury have experienced this uh, this season. I'm not... I support Brittany Garner. Oh, yeah. I support her. No matter what people say about her well-being, disrespecting her well-being is foolish to me. And you are the lowest of the low. Okay. Not even gonna talk about that. But I support it. However, with Skylar Diggins, Skylar, at some point you have to, you have to leave the game. Now granted, I loved you. Remember, I loved you from the start. When you started being petty, you lost my interest. That last week's statement that the Mercury barred her from the facility on the day that Diane Taraz is going to get her 10,000 point, knowing that she's going to get that point, I'm going to make a story up to in- interrupt that, to get people to say, hey, you know, I want people on my side. I want to make it about me. Selfish how Skylar Diggins can say that about, uh, about her instead of are witnessing the bet, the greatest player of all time achievements. 10,000 points is no joke in the WNBA when it comes down to that. And we will never see that again. We will, well, I don't know. It, it just depends on the player's commitment. But Skyler made it, made the whole situation about her on that day. And I'm like, Skyler, you need to stop. You need to stop making it about you and make it about the team. If you don't want to play for that team, then just shut your mouth and worry about you. Worry about coming back. I think she just had a child recently. I'm not going to disrespect that. But don't worry about you. Worry about your teammate that just got 10,000 points. Y'all don't see eye to eye. Okay, of course. We're not going to talk about that. But at the same time, don't interrupt a player's fat, great moments. Because, again, we don't celebrate this often. We don't get to celebrate this often because of players like you that want to in- intercept that. I just don't like when players do that to me. And it's not a black and white thing. It's not. But at the same time, when you make it, when you know that your teammate is about to accomplish something big, 
and then you you turn around and have people to make it about you. You're pathetic to me. I don't know what other people think. You're pathetic to me. And this is why we don't we this is why we can't celebrate achievements like this. Because we got negative people in, in, in like like Skyler that want to intercept that. Now Skyler, if you don't want to play basketball, just say you don't want to play basketball. There's no other team that's going would that's willing to take you. You said no to Dallas. You said no to Phoenix. What other team can you go on? Are we going to experience this situation again along with Liz Cambage? Liz Cambage experienced this situation last season and we haven't heard from her since. She's playing overseas somewhere. We haven't heard from her since. So if you want to go that route, then go that route. But with you being a mom now, well, actually being a mom for the second time, I don't think you're, you want to put your child at risk of going overseas. To me, that's me. I don't know anything about children at all. I just hear stories. But Skyler, you got to have a team mentality. You're 31, 32 years old. At this point in time, you got to have team mentality. You got to have, you got to be a good teammate. Even better than the ones that say, I want my own. To me, the Phoenix Mercury is not in your wheelhouse. You just quit on them last season. And now you come out of the woodworks and say this about your team. I honestly, Nikki Blue does not have time for that. Nikki Blue said we want to respect players, uh, players privacy, which the GM said that, said the same thing too. And which they're not going to talk about you when somebody else is achieving their 10,000 points. We don't care. I mean, I, 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 at this point for me, I don't care. I care about players who are committed. Diane Sarasi has committed to this league for 20 plus seasons. At 41 years old, still doing things. At 41 years old, being in the training room. At 41 years old, being in practice, practicing. Even though she struggled at times, but being available is key to success. That's what Skyler doesn't understand. And then now, ESPN gives her a 30 second spot versus the negative Nancy's of ESPN that give other people an hour. I remember LeBron getting his, uh, getting, getting being an all time scorer. I think they gave LeBron a whole segment. They gave her him an hour, which fine, that's great. LeBron should get anything he wants. But when it comes down to the women's game, you should give players their flowers, give their uh, an hour segment. That's great because we will never see this again. The level of commitment that these players have experienced this generation, we will never see this type of effort from. Anybody that's played in the league for over 10 plus seasons again. We will never see it again. Ever. Now, I want to be wrong. I want to be wrong. But the way the league is going right now, we have great players. We don't, we don't, but players 
Some players that don't want to work like a Skylar Diggins. Again, if you want to be out of the league, Skylar, just don't come back and make it about you. Make it about the team. Team first. Okay? That's all I got to say. But for future references, guys, make it about the team and not about you. Handle that privately behind closed door so that that report doesn't go out. Why don't you just go up to the GM or the coach and say, hey, you know, hey, y'all buried me from the facility. Y'all did this to me. Y'all did that to me. Just go up to them and have a conversation instead of just talking to a random person. In this case, talk to me because I'm an athlete. I understand what you're going through. I get it. But don't, but don't make up a story on somebody that's going to accomplish something on that day. You know what it was. And that's why that story came out on that same day. That people, that's, that you're going to make people turn their heads and focus on you instead of what this person has accomplished for 20 plus years. That's hard. It's tough. It's tough to score a point in the WNBA. It's tough. But to do that for 20 years while playing hurt, while playing with this emotion, while playing on a team that's up, that is like 12 games under 500, has one little celebration to celebrate about. Well, actually a few celebrations to celebrate about. Give that night to that person. To Diane Taurasi. That night belonged to Diane Taurasi and nobody should take away from that. But I know a lot of people are not going to agree with me. But it is what it is. Alright guys, that is our show for today. It was a lot. But next week, Let's recap the Cowboys versus Jaguars in my experience at, at ATT Stadium. Even though it's preseason, it's not the regular season. I'm going to, I'm going to give you that experience. And also, we may have a guest, but in the light we don't have a guest, I do want to talk about the conference realignment stuff. I really do want to dive into that. I want to talk about how these colleges are going from that the Pac-12 to the Big 12 to uh, potentially the AAC, the a- ACC, and beyond, possibly the Big 10. So I want to talk about that, and also we'll definitely dive into more college football stuff because that's coming sooner rather than later. All right, guys, thank you for listening or watching to Beyond the Game podcast on official radio. Subscribe wherever you may be. I do want to give uh, a happy birthday shout out to Gabe Williams. Gabe, he he's on he he's the board up, and I think him on later episodes. He's the greatest, guys. He comes in with his Cowboys takes, whether I agree with them or not. But he he'll be here throughout the season. I don't know when that will be, but I want to give a shout shout out to him. Happy birthday, buddy! I hope you get. Everything that's coming to you and more. All right. But shout out to Angelo for running the board today. Thank you so much. And and we will see y'all next week on Visual Traders Beyond the Game podcast. Take care, everyone.
Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Jenty Show, broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Jenty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. 